Hello, be beautiful. Welcome to another episode of It's Time to Be You, the podcast that helps people pleasers take control and finally put themselves first. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter, and I'm a recovering people pleaser here to guide you on your journey. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I'm all about mental health. And along my journey, I realized that a lot of my anxiety was coming from my people-pleasing tendencies. And I became aware of my patterns in order to make changes and to work on myself. And I've been able to do that through like reading books, journaling, and a lot of therapy. And so today, I'm really excited to share this conversation with Carrie Leaf, a psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, life coach, and author of Therapize Yourself, Choose to Heal and Find Your Truth. And I really loved this conversation because it just really encompasses everything that I'm about with working on yourself and learning about yourself and really focusing on you and becoming the best version of yourself. We discuss what it means to heal yourself and the importance of finding your truth, and I love that Carrie uses a holistic approach in her work, which means that she looks at the mind, body, and spirit to see what's really going on. Like, everything is so connected, so like when one area of our life is off, it's usually tied into another area. And in this episode, you'll learn how to become more self-aware, learn about different types of therapy, and what the heck therapize yourself means. And trust me, you want to know. Thank you so much for joining me today. Will you just tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Yes. So I am a mindset coach. I have a background in psychotherapy. I do some hypnotherapy. Let's see. I work with a lot of individuals and couples. I work with a lot of different people are coming to me for different things, but I really like to work with mindset and negative belief systems and patterns and breaking through those and reprocessing those. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. I'm all, I've, over the last few years, I've been learning a lot about mindset and growth mindset. And just, I love the fact that you can change your mindset. Like we're not stuck with the mindset that we have. So I'm really excited to talk to you more about that today. And I would love to just dive in. You are an author of a new book, Therapy, Everyone messes it up. It's not alone because it's not a real word. I know. I was like saying it and they're just like, wait, is that right? Therapize? <laughs> yes, you got it. Therapize yourself, but it's not a real word. So everyone's like, uh. <laughs> oh, I love it. Therapize your life. Choose to heal and find your truth. So will you just tell us a little bit about, you know, what your book is and who this book is for? Yeah. So the book is really a breakdown of my approach, you know, what I have over, you know, a decade plus, I've kind of tailored my approach through my experience with working with all kinds of clients and people in different situations. And the book is where I kept like repeating myself with everybody. Here are the same things, the basic things that I want to know that we're going to work on, that we're going to explore. And so kind of became the step-by-step process for growth and healing and learning about ourselves and personal development. And then it's also kind of, you know, it ended up being a tool where we can kind of self-assess. If you read it once, you know, that's great. That's one thing, but you can pick it back up in a year, two years, however long and reassess where your life is, what areas, how am I doing? What areas am I doing well? And where am I, you know, maybe need to put some time and attention to. And so 
it walks through my process in general. Yeah, I love that. And before we kind of break down into like learning what that process is, I kind of, I'm curious about your title. I kind of want to break that down into choose to heal. First of all, I love that you, I guess, chose that word choose, because I think a lot of times people think that they are stuck in a situation or that they went through something and then like that's their life, but that you can really choose to heal. So we just kind of tell us a little bit more about like how healing is a choice. Yeah. So with the title in general, therapize yourself, you know, means a couple different things. And one, I just, it was funny to me because people would always ask, you know, when they would find out what I do or what I was going to school for or whatever, oh, are you therapizing me? And I'm like, that's not a word, but no, I'm not. Right. So it would always make me laugh. But the other side to that is it stuck with me and I really liked it because it feels empowering in the sense of therapize yourself of we are all our own best self healers, we are the only ones that can heal ourselves, you know, I can't heal or fix anybody, no doctor, no professional, no expert, no coach, no therapist, no anybody can heal you that is only within your own power, you know, yourself inside and out, I can't literally, you know, feel your thoughts and, and feelings. And so we want to empower people to take that on and to bring the subconscious patterns and beliefs and parts of our life to the conscious. And in order to do that, that's a choice. I got to put active effort in to notice my patterns and notice why I do what I do or what has led me to who I am. So I've got to make a choice to bring that subconscious to the conscious and you know, then decide to work on it, you know, inside alone doesn't change our behavior, we've got to dig in and we've got to work on it. And that is an active choice an ongoing choice. And honestly, a never ending choice, you know, our our journey, it's a journey, there's no point where we're like, Oh, I am completely healthy, happy and healed permanently, <laughs> right? Then right. Life will throw something else at us, and we've got to continue on the journey. So it's a choice every single day. Yeah. And I love that you bring that up, that it is just a journey and we're going to have to keep coming back to it. And just like you said, like with this book, you can keep using it and keep reassessing and, you know, bringing it back to your forefront. And since you brought up about like, you know, those negative beliefs being in our subconscious, like how can we bring our negative beliefs from our subconscious to our conscious and like be more aware of what's going on? Yeah. One of the ways that we can kind of dive in is when we see patterns. If I see, you know, in hindsight in my life, I keep doing the same thing in the same situation. In the book, I give an example of dating the same type of person over and over again, right? Yeah. And maybe we do the same thing in our work setting or the same thing with friendships. You know, when we see patterns in our life that shows us, okay, this is probably an area where there's a negative belief system Mm -hmm. swirling around and that's a way to jump in. Otherwise, we can start with whatever issue, concern, problem, however you want to label it we have in present day life. We can start with that issue and say, okay, what are the thoughts and feelings behind this issue? When I really sit and I think about it, mm -hmm. what's coming up for me underneath the surface level, you know, emotion or thought, and we dig into our response, mind and body from whatever our current struggle might be. Yeah. And then, so I guess that might kind of lead into like, what are the steps or like, what is the method behind therapizing yourself? Like, what does that look like? Like once you've 
you know, realize that you have these patterns and are starting to uncover them, like, then what? Yeah. So I take a very holistic approach. So I am looking at mind, body, spirit, each one of them. And so it doesn't matter really what you're coming to me for. I'm still going to start evaluating and assessing the mind, body, spirit, and a thorough assessment of like you, your background, your upbringing, your childhood, your family, all the things like I need to know all the pieces to the puzzle as many as I can get. Because there's so many, I'm trying to connect the dots, but I'm not, like I said, I'm not in your head or your body. So I've got to work with the pieces of the puzzle to try to connect the dots the best I can. I'm not a fly on the wall seeing what you do every day, how you interact with people, how you treat your body. Do you get enough sleep? So those are things that I'm going to assess. Like, what is your physical health? Like, are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating well, or are you eating junk food and and sugar? Mm. You know, are you working out? Are you moving your body? Because so many times the physical can actually lead to what appear to be mental health symptoms, but really it just might be that we are putting too much junk and sugar into our body or that gut brain connection is huge. And, or maybe it's, we have a food sensitivity or maybe it's, I'm trying to function off of four hours of sleep at night and then wondering why I can't focus and my memory isn't working very well. You know, I've got to connect all these dots. We've got to look at every single area. So I take that holistic approach We're scanning each environment in your life, your relationships, your finances, your physical health, your spirituality, your mental health, any symptoms there. We're going through all these different areas in your life to see, are we functioning, you know, and making the best choices in each area as we can, or do we need to tend to one of these? Because we want to get that, that solid wellness foundation. You know, it's not very often where someone comes in and says, oh yeah, like, my physical health is spot on. My finances are spot on. My relationships are fantastic and everything's good. And I still have this problem. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) generally we can find some areas where we can work on some things to get that wellness foundation a little more solid. And Mm -hmm. then that gives us a good foundation on which we can jump deeper into, okay, what's our current issue or problem? What's the biggest thing we're struggling in with life? And then tie that back into a negative belief system, identify that, and then reprocess into a healthier belief system. Yeah. So I'm curious because like, as you were kind of saying, you know, the different things when it comes to like the wellness and like how your finances are and your like physical and like nutrition and stuff like that. I was just like, oh my gosh, that's a lot. But I've definitely have like related to that, like in you know, in my past of like feeling like all the things are just kind of like a mess. (laughs) So like, I guess, do you have a recommendation if someone feels like their whole life is a mess? Like, where do they like start? Because I know it's like a cycle and goes together. But like, if they had to just like pick one area, what's usually the... Yes, the body, the body, you know, there is nothing more important to how we're functioning you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, then getting enough sleep, getting good sleep. That's where we heal. That's where we reboot. You know, it's like you plug your cell phone in at night to have it charged the next day. That's what, you know, sleep is doing for us. It's healing and giving energy and what we eat 
crucial, very crucial. And I want to scan for, you know, food sensitivities, you know, toxins, mold, things like, could there be something else that's showing up as a mental health symptom that's not? And exercise, you know, and I'm not saying it's got to be like, I exercise that it's a tailored approach. It doesn't have to be that you're going to the gym two hours a day, five days a week, you know, Mm -hmm. but that you are moving your body in some way, shape or form as opposed to not at all. So I would say the physical is, the first thing that I would want people to attend to 99% of the time. But of course, I want to know then a little bit more about each individual because all of this is a tailored approach. There's no one size fits all. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there might be other things that we start with if somebody is really like, you know, having some severe symptoms in a certain area, like if it's anxiety, maybe we're going to start with some grounding techniques, you know, or breathing techniques, whatever it may be. So in general, I would say the body, but you know, it's going to, it's going to come down to the individual. And then, so like with therapize yourself, like, is this something that you see like replacing therapy or in conjunction with it? Or like, how do you see people using this book for themselves as as they're getting started? Definitely not replacing because I don't think that anything can replace that therapeutic relationship, that connection that we can build with somebody else and have that, you know, sounding board and a safe space. I would say I would recommend it as like that stepping stone from maybe I've never been into therapy or coaching, or, or maybe it's been a long time and I don't know what to expect. Or maybe I'm just starting to think I've got some things to work on, but I don't know where to start and I'm not ready to do therapy. Mm-hmm. I really would like to look at this book as being something that eases that fear or the stigma around therapy and helps yeah. people say, okay, I think you know, I kind of know what to expect going in and I'm ready for it now. And I've done a little bit of work on my own, you know, so I know a little bit more about myself where I've, I can walk into therapy saying, oh, I've already checked some of these things off my list. You know, I've been working on these things. I really want to empower people to, like we said, therapize themselves and take charge of their own mental health and their well-being. Mm -hmm. And so part of that might just be like helping people get in the door to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that you are having it kind of like as a stepping stone to open the door. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, are probably like therapy curious, like I probably knew it, need it, but I don't know. And I don't know where to start. So I love that this is kind of like an introduction and, you know, I totally agree that like, I think that there's a lot of like tools and resources out there, but then it's like, even though we have all the answers like within us, like we can only do so much. Like it is so helpful to have like a therapist or a coach or like just some sort of like outside person like helping guide you through, you know, like your problems or like whatever you're struggling with. Right, yes. Even though, like you said, we're the ones that ultimately heal ourselves, a therapist is exactly what you said or a coach is a guide because we can have like, just the biggest blinders on ever, you know, (laughs) for whatever reason, for a lot of reasons, it's painful. It's, I don't want to go there. I'm scared, you know, all the things. And just walking through that door the first time takes a lot of courage. It's scary. It's unknown. We're, we're probably going to face and address things that we've been avoiding for a long time, you know? And so there's a reason we avoided them. So it's not going to be necessarily fun to face them. Right. And, yeah. and then there's that stigma that therapy, if you need help, 
there with therapy or coaching that there's something wrong with you or you know that you have a severe you have to have a severe mental health disorder to ask for help and that's just not the case there's not a single one of us that doesn't struggle at times you know or go through major life transitions that can be difficult or confusing and so anybody, anytime, you know, can benefit from getting guidance and help and getting help seeing some of the things that we can't necessarily see ourselves because it's too close to home. Right. Yeah, definitely. And then like you're doing it in like this like safe space and safe environment where someone can actually understand like what you're going through and help guide you through it. And so with the book, the other part of the title is to find your truth. So I want to know more about like, what does find your truth? Like, what does that mean to you? And I guess more like, what does this mean in this instance? Yeah. So that piece, I guess, you know, when you think about it, it could mean a lot of different things, but where my head was at is that we are the happiest in life when we feel we're being true to ourselves. you know, that we're being authentic and we're living in alignment with who we are and our values and our morals and that we know who that is. You know, so many of us are very confused of who am I and, and what does it mean to be true to myself? And that's what we want to dig in and figure out who am I and what matters and, and to me and what do I value? Let's work on finding that out and bringing, you know, the subconscious to the conscious. That's another part of finding your truth because we're operating mostly on our subconscious, you know, mm -hmm. but we tend to think that we're consciously aware of all we do and why we do. But, you know, a lot of us are often sleepwalking through this life and just going through the motions. Mm -hmm. Let's find out why we do what we do, what's our truth to who we are. And let's be, you know, the more we know ourselves and then we feel in alignment and like, you know, I am authentic. I show up as my authentic self as much as I can in life that just helps us sleep better at night. And we tend to feel happier and more self-confident and secure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I'm all about just like being yourself and like once you yourself and you know who you are, like everything falls into place. And I'm curious, like, why, why do you think that so many of us are unsure of like who we truly are? We get conditioned, you know, we, mm. we go through experiences and so we suppress and we shut off parts of ourselves or we get conditioned to going through school in whatever community or area we, we grew up in and lived in, whatever our parents, they sent message to us, whether it was directly or indirectly, we got messages from our parents and our family and our community and our culture and all these things. So we get conditioned as to our society and who we're supposed to be. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we innately know who we are and what's good and right and what makes us happy. And, but then we get all these messages and we second guess. And so we've got to do a lot of unlearning, you know, what we've been mm -hmm. taught and told that we're supposed to be and do and yeah. get back to what we always naturally knew in the first place. Yeah. I mean, and so what is that process of unlearning? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, that's challenging thoughts. That would be along the lines more of like traditional cognitive behavioral therapy a little bit. And some, mm -hmm. a lot of what I'm walking people through in the book with the negative beliefs is based around EMDR therapy, where we're going to challenge our thoughts and our experiences and our associations with our experiences and see them in a healthier light as opposed to whatever, whatever thought process we 
we stuck to it in the first place, you know? So Mm -hmm. our feelings aren't facts. And a lot of times we walk around acting like they are. And, you know, so our actions are based off of our feelings, but our feelings are actually based off of our thoughts. So cognitive behavioral therapy says thoughts lead to feelings, feelings leads to actions. So if we want to show up differently in the world and we want to stop doing the same patterns that we do all the time and we want to change habits and behaviors, we -hmm. want to change the action. Then to get long lasting results with that, we need to work backwards. And we, we got to start with the origin of it, which would be what, what thought process did we attach to this? You know, if I'm telling myself something in my head, like I'm not good enough, then Mm -hmm. I'm going to feel not good enough. My self-esteem is going to be low. It's going to sink. And I'm not going to show up in relationships and teach people to treat me in a way that shows that I am good enough, that I deserve respect, that I can, you know, set and hold boundaries with people. You know, I'm not going to have those things if I, on some level, some subconscious level, don't believe that I am good enough to deserve that in the first place. But if I believe it, then I'm going to feel good enough and I'm going to show up in my actions holding firm boundaries and saying, no, I know I'm good enough and I know what I deserve and I won't tolerate X, Y, and Z, right? So thoughts, feelings to actions. And then so I kind of think about like when it comes to like having negative thoughts and, you know, before I feel like I heard a lot of like, you know, just think positively and like think the opposite. And, you know, from what you're saying, it kind of sounds like, you know, you really have to believe it and like have some action towards it. So I guess I'm, I guess I kind of want to know, like, how can people, you know, rather than just being like, oh, I believe I'm good enough. Like, how can they like really believe that they're good enough and not just like, you know, say those positive words without any feeling behind it? Yeah. And there is something to that. Like, it's not nothing. It's not wrong or bad but it's hard. It's difficult to do. So like, if I'm in a really deep, low place and you tell me think positive, I'm going to say like, right. Okay. (laughs) Thanks a lot. You know, but there is something to that. If if I choose to shift my thoughts to the positive things, instead of focusing on the negatives, and I choose to do it consistently, that's the tricky part over and over and over again, then I can create new neural networks in my brain but it's the consistency and the repetition that are crucial for the new neural networks to develop. We have, you know, the the neuroplasticity, but we have to put a lot of time and effort and energy into that. Mm -hmm. So it's like going to the gym. It's like, I can't go to the gym once a week, you know, and then think that I'm going to like get shredded and lose all this (laughs) weight, you know? I mean, once a week's better than nothing, but I don't know the results I'm going to see, right? So the same thing with, just thinking positive, but I try to think positive once or twice a day, that's great, maybe in that moment, but I don't know the payoff and the progress I'm going to see long term. So Mm. the idea behind like something like EMDR therapy, we're digging into that negative belief system on the subconscious level, and we're reprocessing those experiences by letting the brain take over and challenge those thoughts and reprocess with a healthy brain as opposed to whatever like age brain we were at developmentally at at the time, whatever age we were. And so we're disconnecting the negative or unhealthy association we created with it in the first place. And we're allowing it to replace with a healthier 
belief system a more positive belief system. And we're doing that over multiple sessions and digging into the subconscious and integrating the mind and the body. We're paying attention to where do you feel it in the body too, because the body stores these emotions and these experiences. So we're coming at it mind, body, and we're coming at it past, present, future. We're coming at it from all these different angles. So we're putting a lot of time and effort into it. You know, that's like going into the gym every single day and, you know, the analogy. So we've got a lot more ability to create new neural networks when we're putting that much time and attention into it. Yeah, because it doesn't happen overnight and it does take work. But when we do it that way, it goes a lot, lot faster than if we kind of just think about it. Because inside alone, like I said, inside alone does not change behavior patterns. I could say, oh, I recognize that I keep doing this thing in my dating relationships over and over again. And I should stop that. It's not very healthy. It does not pan out very well for me. I have Mm -hmm. this insight. I have this, aha, the light bulb, you know, clicked and went off. And then what do I find myself in six months down the road? The same situation (laughs) with the new person, right? Even though it was brought to my awareness because I'm operating off of subconscious behaviors and triggers and belief systems. Right. Yeah. It's because like, then it's like you became aware, but then you didn't really choose to take any action to uncover that belief and work on changing it. Yeah. Um, where did this like, belief come from? How did I yeah. get this? Where did it develop and, and where did it snowball? And yes, we got to dig in deeper. Exactly. And then I wanted to go back and just have you kind of, I guess, tell us more because you mentioned about cognitive behavioral therapy and EMDR. Will you just like tell us more about like what those things are and like what the difference is in therapy for anyone who doesn't know? Yeah. So really the basis, so CBT, cognitive behavioral, like I said, is we're working on challenging those thoughts, understanding the thoughts where they came from, challenging them, thoughts to feelings to behaviors. And that's going to feel like your typical, very talk-based therapy. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be a little bit different depending on the therapist you see, because we all bring in our own, you know, styles and, you know, approaches and mix and match different things. But in general, it's going to feel talk-based. You're not necessarily going to know that the therapist is taking a cognitive behavioral approach, but they're going to know, you know, where EMDR isn't necessarily what people think of as like a traditional talk-based approach. It is, that's in there too, But then there's also much more structured step-by-step. Like we start here, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. There's this process that feels very different than the talk based on some level. You're still still having conversation, your agenda's mapped out. And then where it really feels different from talk-based therapy is when you're in the reprocessing phase. And that's the phase where we are working to let the brain take over. We're working to drop into the subconscious, give the brain access to the subconscious and let the brain guide us to where it needs to go. And I personally use lights and buzzers for what we call bilateral stimulation, what helps us drop into that subconscious train of thought. And so the client is holding kind of like these little these little pads, these little buzzers, they vibrate mm-hmm. and then the lights, they, they have lights go off on the pads And they're going off back and forth, back and forth. And you're watching these lights and you're just letting your brain take you to wherever memory, experience, thought, feeling that it may go. Your brain is guiding our session. 
And we're doing that again. There's an agenda. We know exactly, you know, we're processing, reprocessing for 30, 40 seconds. We're checking in, we're talking about it. We're exploring, we're checking our scales that help us say, are we making progress to moving forward and letting go and reprocessing this? Or are we staying stuck? You know, so that in essence, EMBR can look quite different, but it is incredible and it's life-changing, you know, for me, it has been in it and I've seen it just the amount of progress that I've seen in my practice, you know, my clients with it has been incredible too. Yeah, that's awesome. And so is it kind of like a personal preference on, you know, someone seeking a therapist on like which style they want, or is it a recommended for certain cases? You know, originally EMDR was first studied and more well-known for trauma, but, you know, as it's been around longer and more studies, I use it for so many different things. You know, there's not much I don't use it for. And it's very, it's very rare that it doesn't work or we don't go anywhere with it in session. I can't say that there haven't been that handful of clients that it's like, yep, this just isn't the route for them, whether it's the approach, whether it's the timing, whether it's where they're at in their life, whatever, whatever reason, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a very small percentage that it's like, yeah, this isn't for them right now. And you just kind of have to feel that out. But I would say the majority, it works for all kinds of people in all kinds of situations. A big no-no would be somebody with DID, dissociative identity disorder. You got to do some other work and prep and prepare before you would think about that. But otherwise, it tends to be a good approach for like all kinds of people with different issues and concerns. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for just like breaking that down and sharing that with us. And so I'm curious, since you have like this book, Therapize Yourself and like you know, you said that you kind of got it from working with your clients. Have you, have you ever therapized yourself? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. So I have to admit, I'm the therapist that avoided therapy for a long time. (laughs) You know, going through grad school kind of feels like, you know, going through your own therapy as on its own anyway, you know, based on different programs, but it's not the same. It is not the same. And I actually think it's a good idea for every therapist, every human being, but particularly every therapist to get into therapy. And because of life and the zillion different things, you know, going on, whether it's my schedule or insurance or money or whatever I've got going on in my life. I have watched myself pop in and out of therapy based Mm -hmm. on all of those different things. But I do know that I feel better when I'm much more consistent with it, just like working out. I feel better when I'm more consistent with working out. And so, yes, I have done my own EMDR therapy. And and again, that is something else I pop in and out of as well and return to depending on what's going on in my life. So I encourage it. Mm do couples therapy as well, just to connect and to work on any issues that may arise because it's so hard in our busy life to find that time to sit down with your partner and actually like talk about the hard stuff, you know, like time, energy, you know, all of that. So yeah, it's not easy, even though I know the book side of it, you know, I know all of the information. Well, not all of it. We never know it all. Right. But right. <laughs> I know I, you know, I've, I've got the experience through, you know, my education, it doesn't mean that 
I can see that when I'm right in the middle of it, you know, I can know the things logically, but to Mm -hmm. step out and be able to process through them mentally, emotionally, physically, it is so helpful to have that guide, that therapist or that coach to help guide us through that Mm -hmm. muck because we're in it. We're in the middle of the storm, you know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, and like when we're in it, like, why is it that we can't, you know, see our own way through that it is more helpful to have some guidance? Yeah, because it's painful. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's painful and life is busy. And so I could have a trigger and I could be like, Ooh, that's an area that I need to work on. And then life is busy and I will find maybe a zillion things to keep me busy and distract me and avoid me from, you know, avoid Mm -hmm. going there because I know that I'll be uncomfortable and painful. And you know what? I'm not jumping with joy to go do that. Right. (laughs) So we are, you know, it's like, oh, it's going to be hard work. Like I'll pass as long as I can, you know, but hopefully at some point we're saying, okay, I'm ready to do the work. I'm ready to get uncomfortable. It will pay off. There's delayed Mm -hmm. gratification. So it's not weird that we might delay it or avoid it or, you know, not want to do that. But if we Mm -hmm. can trust and believe in the process that it's beneficial and it will pay off in the long run, usually people are pretty glad that they did do the work. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how people are usually like if something is hard or seems uncomfortable, it's like we just want to avoid it. Like even though pushing through will mean like, you know, those like bad feelings that we have will go away or we'll know how to deal with them. But it's kind of like, but I, but I know what this feels like. So I just want to stay in this feeling even like, even though it's possible that I can feel better. It feels like safer to just like be in this uncomfortable place. Yeah, well, and we're in the age of instant gratification and quick mm-hmm. fixes, like all around, mm-hmm. like if I want to feel better, I can take that pill, drink that drink, go buy that thing, click online and like, you know, distract myself with funny videos, talk, you know, like there's all this instant access to like shifting our mood. And we got a zillion different things that we can turn to in that sense. So we get that temporary like fix and that shift, but going to the root cause and putting in the hard work. I mean, like going back to the gym analogy, I could take that diet pill and see how yeah. that goes and see how I, it affects me and all the other negative consequences that could come from that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a quick and easy fix. Maybe I do lose the weight, but then maybe I have increased anxiety and decreased sleep and all these other things, right? If right. I even lose the weight, if the pill even works in the first place, or I could put the hard work in and I could watch my diet and I could eat better and I could work out and I could, you know, really learn my body and I could do mind body connection, which takes time, effort, energy. Mm-hmm. But those are the things that stick and last, you know, nothing that that is a quick fix like that is long lasting. We got to get to the root cause. Right, exactly. And so, I mean, I've just loved everything that you've shared today. And I'm just like, I feel like therapize yourself should be like a thing. Like if someone's like dealing with something, just like go therapize yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. But like, where can people, you know, find your book and also like work with you and connect with you? Yeah. So the book is on Amazon. That's going to be the easiest, quickest link. You can find that link to Amazon on my website too. The website is carryleaf.com. 
I'm terrible with social media, but I try a little more on the Instagram. So at Mindset Carrie. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely putting that in the show notes so that people can, you know, get the book and, you know, reach out to you if they want to work with you and just follow you. But what message do you really want to leave with people today? Yeah, I I would say in general, the big message is getting the getting it out there that we all got stuff. We all got issues, right? We don't have to judge ourselves or be mean to ourselves. Let's be kind and give ourselves grace. And let's normalize that we all got problems and yeah. just encourage people to empower themselves to start chipping away on their mental health and their wellness, getting to know themselves, get into the root cause And with that being said, I'd say that it's very important, you know, if I want to dig into myself and like you said, what if I look at myself and I'm like, Ooh, I got all, I got these disasters (laughs) all around. Right. You know, baby steps, baby steps start with one tiny thing, you know, about learning yourself. Maybe it's just cutting out sugar. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. getting an extra hour of sleep. Maybe I don't, maybe it's getting out of bed today. I don't know. Taking a shower, like the littlest things. take the little baby steps and consider them wins and then build from there. Oh, I love that. I'm so like, I love talking about like small wins and stuff. So I love that you say that. And yeah, it's like, we all have problems and, you know, like your book says, like you can choose to heal from it and to like find yourself. So just thank you so much for putting this out here and, you know, making mental health, like a thing that we can deal with and not be so stigmatized. So thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you learned a lot from this conversation with Carrie. If you're not already working with a therapist, I hope this gives you some more insight on the importance of an outside perspective, especially when you feel trapped in the same patterns. And be sure to purchase Carrie's book, Therapize Yourself, as another resource to help you along your journey to become the best version of you. And as Carrie said, we all have problems and that's okay. We can work through them. And having a support system can be so helpful. So I want to invite you to join the free It's Time to Be You Facebook community. Just click the link in the show notes where you can join other recovering people pleasers to vent, celebrate, ask for help, and find inspiration. It's time to make your mental health a priority. It's time to therapize yourself. It's time to be you.